ninth episode in our first series of the Sew Ab Fab podcast. I'm Ali and I run Bobbin Sewing School and my co-host is Caroline of the sewing business Sew Ab Fab. Hi Caroline. Hi Ali. Hello everybody. So in our podcast we introduce you to guests that are integral to home sewing or have connections to the sewing industry. Many of our guests have small to medium-sized sewing-related businesses and all provide necessary resources and products to help you as sewers. Oh, that's fab, Caroline. Are you well today? I'm good, thank you. Enjoying the sunshine. How are you? Yeah, I am too. I am too. So have you been busy this week? I have been busy. I've been busy with classes and the preparation it takes and also sewing samples for the upcoming kits well the future kits so how about you yeah I've been busy too but you've just had a kit launched haven't you so has that been good yeah I always love launch day um I get a little knot in my tummy to see if it's going to be um something that people like um so when that first sale comes in I do a little little jig well in truth I do a little jig for all sales but I do (laughs) a very excited little jig for the first one that's good then I know. And the weather's been lovely, so I it's made know. a huge difference. Yeah, it has. It has. Yeah, we sheared our sheep at the weekend. It was exciting. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I know. Now I've got like wool everywhere. <laughs> I've realised. <laughs> I've realised Hampshire isn't a woolly county. You know, this is this is new to us. And um, and I suppose if you if you grow up in like Yorkshire or you know where there's lots of sheep whales where there's lots of sheep then it would be second nature what you do but I've had to google I've had to go online I've had to do like reading and research and all sorts and it's quite convoluted and yeah yeah so (laughs) I say Hampshire's not woolly it's whiny we've got wine we've got vineyards growing all around so it's really nice but I think I need some wine rather than wool (laughs) right now (laughs) so what have you been doing with your wool so I've washed some of it. Some of it is, so they're all rare breeds. So the I fleeces. Had, yeah, they're all the fleeces. So I've, yeah. so I've taken the fleeces and three of them have got really long wool. So I needed to wash those to, to be able to store them. And um, there's very few places you can get your wool processed on a small scale. They want yeah. like 10 kilos of wool of each variety. And at the moment, I think I've got, I've got over, I mean, I've got nearly 20 kilos, but they're different varieties. Yeah. So it has to be sorted. So I'm still deciding whether I'm going to keep it and store it and collect it because you can collect it for, they say up to three years before you get it processed, but I'd like to get it out. I mean, my husband mm. would like me to get it out. <laughs> yeah, it's red already. I don't know. It's a learning curve. It's, yeah. it's like, yeah, I love I love wool. Wool is my favorite fiber of all time and I really want to do something special and something with it. It's just new and I think when you do something new, any new hobby, you have to it's a bit like sewing, isn't it? You can learn how to use a sewing machine, but then what do you want to do with it? Do you want to dress make? Do you want to do, you know, mending? Do you want to do patchwork? Do you want to do embroidery? There's so yeah. many elements and it's a bit like this with this, this fleece. I've got this huge amount of raw fleece. <laughs> yeah, it's whether no. you want to get some cloth woven or you yes. want to get it steamed and use it as knitting or crochet yes. yarn. Quite expensive too. I mean, obviously it's yeah. small scale, so it's going to be expensive to get it processed. Um, but 
having said that, I want to get it processed because as it stands, when it's taken off of the sheep, any fleece is worth nothing. It's like 50p, you'd get 50p if you mm. threw it into the big bag of the wool for the wool, you know, whatevers. And I yeah. think that's such a shame because it's such a beautiful, beautiful raw material. That um, we have access we to. We have, yeah. And, and it, you know, it is, it's environmentally friendly. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. It's so sad. It is it's, sad. It's come to that. The farmers you know, get no money for their fleeces. Exactly, now. exactly. The farmers get no money. You know, 50p no. for a fleece that's cost them probably two pounds to get sheared, that's cost them so much more to grow. And, you know, when you think about that, that is a fleece weighs around two kilos. How many balls of wool? Okay, you've got to take off 50%, but how many balls of lovely raw wool would you get from that? So the processing costs cost a lot and mm. um I got my little calculator out and I was like like working it out and thinking oh this is a bit of an investment but you know it's got to be done so I'm looking forward yeah. to trying it out and uh exciting yeah. you have to keep us informed I know I know and and you know what I'm like Caroline you know I'm only a one ball wool project knitter you are <laughs> so you could have enough enough yarn for life Sally <laughs> from one sheep <laughs> yeah. send it my way I'll be quite happy Knit something or, or uh, I know, something I know, I know, quickly. I know, I know. So yeah, so I mean, knitting, knitting is not my thing, is it? I mean, okay, I've got a cardigan on the go at the moment, and it's been going on the go for a long time. I, I have, I have. It's not as long as some projects, but yeah. <laughs> so I am a one ball, one ball person, <laughs> like fifty gram ball. <laughs> I've, got, I've got twenty kilos of the raw stuff in the shed. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what you'll be amazed you might this might just spur you on I hope so <laughs> I don't know. Do you know I look I look at knitting projects all the time and um because I love uh, you know I love to knit um but I don't always get the time and I see so many beautiful projects at the moment and I think oh if only but then I think mm, Caroline you've got 110 things on your plate right now Try concentrating on just one yes. before you take on another. <laughs> have lots of work in progress. I have I have one sock missing its partner. I've got one mitten missing the other hand. Oh well, if and, you lose, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll be able to supply it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, a, and a half a jumper front. Um, so yes, so I think yeah. we all have those things that never get finished, but that you enjoy doing yeah 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 so along with the wool in the shed <laughs> I've got a, I've got a cane back chair that I've had for like 15 years that I've been promising is going to be re-caned and re-upholstered <laughs> and my husband looks at it every time we clear the shed out he goes can I burn oh, it now and I'm like no, no. <laughs> but do you remember, so when Ali came to visit me we went to an auction Oh, yes. um, when she first first came up to visit me here in Rutland and I had started to do upholstery and um, so I was looking for my next project and we were in this auction house and I'd spotted a little <laughs> what we later found out was a little cocktail chair didn't we Ali oh yeah lovely and I was That's like oh, never never been to an auction before so what do we do anyway we were so busy nattering that we nearly missed the lot anyway when it came up and he was just about to say, not sold. And I gave up going, oh, I'd have it, no auction etiquette whatsoever. 
and I got it to Niani's for a pound. <laughs> I know, I know, such bargains. Well, this chair that I've got, it's it was probably about that as well, you know. I still got it, and it's in our garage, driving the family mad. Yeah, <laughs> do you think you you'd want to get rid of it, take it to the tip? No, that that's my best bargain. Absolutely, I love that's it, it, Ali. You need to weave a piece of cloth so we can actually finish the chair. What your cocktail chair or my chair? Yes, well, both chairs. Yours oh no, 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 <laughs> no! I have, I have like bright aspirations for my chair. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, my chair. I'd be quite yeah, happy. The cocktail it's chair. You want something plush? You want something plush and velvety and very? There's some gorgeous, you know, those printed velvets out there. Oh, I know. I've got one sat yeah. here looking okay. at me. Okay. <laughs> I just okay. don't have the time. <laughs> 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 What's wrong with us? I know. <laughs> we collect projects. I know. <laughs> and chairs. I know. And chairs. <laughs> <laughs> Along with sheep and chickens and yeah. everything else. Yeah. I still got the broody chicken, Ali. I think we're in week six. I'm not quite sure what's going on. Oh, my lordy. She's... You're not the only one this year. There's a lot of broody hens that are staying broody. That's yeah. not helping me. No, no. She lasted no. 20 minutes off the nest today. Oh, that's a progress. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't get bitten, so that's even, that's even better. I'm getting, I am becoming a ninja in oh, removing you? her from the nest. I know it sounds awful, but I, she's sleeping in the nesting box. So I take the nesting door off and I quickly put my hands in before she's had time to realise the door's off. But the only way to get this poor chicken out is to turn her on the side. So I do a quick death roll and I flip her up on the side. And I remove her all in one motion. It's, it is amazing what you can do when you have to, when you're under pressure. And she's grunting at me. I mean, if she was a human, she'd be telling me where to go. Oh, definitely. And then I tip her back up 90 degrees so she's upright and plonk her on the floor and she's all she's still in a daze in a stupor it takes her about three minutes to come out of it yeah 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 but I don't get bitten anymore because I am so quick good 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 <laughs> they can be so vicious when they're broody <laughs> they can be really nasty I know bless her Oh, it can't be nice for her. I actually feel for her because I think she's just missing out on life just sat yeah, in her nesting no. box. She's, she'll come through those hormones. I'm sure she will. <laughs> I'm not convinced. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've got it like this forever. <laughs> you know what will happen? She'll go off the brood and then one of the others will go on. Don't, don't say that. <laughs> Honestly, I don't think I could do because we haven't had any eggs for weeks. Because obviously oh. she's not laying and she gets to their eggs before I get up there. So when I arrive, they're pretty hard boiled cooked <laughs> where she's sat on them. <laughs> I'm sure they'd be fine. Oh, no, I don't, can't risk it because I give them to the little girls down the road. I can't give up <laughs> semi-cooked eggs. <laughs> oh bless oh still never mind anyway we had such fun chatting to em and tracy last week didn't we we did it was great fun so we are going to chatter them again today hello ladies hello. hello hi ladies how are you today tracy yeah i'm good and you emma um, I'm very well, thank you. I'm really good. Can we pick up where we left off and find out a bit more about your podcast and what other things you get up to in life? Okay. Um, yeah. So we had a great time chatting last week about your 
quilting experiences, but are you happy to tell us more about your podcast and your aspirations for its future? Have you any thoughts on expanding? We, we, do, we do flip, don't we, between we do. wanting to build it into something bigger yeah. Uh, yeah, or just leaving it as it is and letting it find its own level. Because mm, a lot of it, your content is knitting and you're sewing. It's a little less of your quilting and your patchworking. I know you, you do all of those things, but um, it's quite interesting to see the other um, genres of crafting that you, yeah. you are involved in. Yeah. And I know knitting is a big one for you, Tracy and, and Emma, your dressmaking. You do quite a lot of your dress. You bring a lot of your dressmaking projects to the table. Mm. Um, so that's really nice. So yes yeah, so it's it's not just a podcast for quilters it's a podcast for everyone really. no, it's, it's for everything and I, yeah. I think for both of us it's it's a case of the the patchwork and the quilting side you know are, are jobs as yes. well now you know the hobby has become the job t- sort of thing yes and I think with regards to the podcast it's nice for us to do the knitting and, and the dressmaking side of it because that's more relaxed you know that can be more mm. relaxing sometimes yeah yeah. Um, than yeah, doing I mean, other things. Yeah, I mean, it's always been a uh, opportunity to to share with whoever wants to watch what we've been making that month, really. So it's not like it's we, we're not using it as a mechanism to build a business. It's, no. it's just an expression of our creativity over the past, you know maybe two or three weeks more likely a month or five weeks and that that really comes across it it is it's it's your hobbies and what you're enjoying and it does show it does show that you're you're enjoying those things I think there's also an element there that both of us want to um, provide some degree of education though if we can because I think that comes naturally because we both teach I think yes 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 um yeah we do we we do have occasionally we have a meeting and and (laughs) remind ourselves what we want the podcast to be and then we forget about it very quickly (laughs) (laughs) and unfortunately COVID's not helped with that because um as you know zoom the zoom the zoom works very well but it's not quite the same as as meeting in person and being able to sit next to somebody and have a chat and show what you're making and what you've done and that sort of interaction yeah you you can't see colors and you can't feel the texture of something and yeah yeah you can't examine in detail that kind of thing so yeah it's uh podcasting is really interesting i mean from the point of view of um sort of personal development and learning how to do iMovie type editing and um understanding a little bit more about uh social platforms and that kind of thing and how or how they work or how they don't work yes sleep mystery <laughs> yeah I've I, got a handle on that yeah I think I think we're jack of all trades master yeah. of none in that respect aren't we <laughs> I'm failing miserably at similar sim- I can't even say the word video editing and uh yeah and putting together things like I find that very hard yeah but, but don't you think it's good though I mean because I mean I certainly I get a huge sense of um achievement if if I manage to do something and I think you know what for an old girl I'm not doing too bad yeah, yeah I think you know yeah. and if it can keep the gray cells going and totally. you know I, I think that's just marvelous and you, you know I'll go 
we'll make a podcast or we'll do we'll do something that's in, engaged the grey cells and then I'll go to the the ladies that I teach and they'll say I don't know how you do that that's really good that you do that and I, I, it's, it, you feel good you feel good that you've achieved it and you know and then they feel inspired about what you've done as well so it's so, if somebody had said to me three years ago that you you know I'd be editing in iMovie and and putting things up on YouTube I would have laughed in their face yeah I yeah. think a lot of us in our yeah. industry feel that actually yeah. it, it just wasn't even thought of I mean I know it was there but it wasn't it was it never yeah. felt that it was going to be a necessity to us to be able to do these things I think so the technology is moving so quickly isn't it and that we're all trying to keep up with it so because it's such a so in well anything creative it is so visual mm. so to have be able to show that on a platform is really important and it is we did I never did any of this at school I never even did computers at school so it's all yeah yeah it's hard to get you didn't have it. computers when I went to school no <laughs> No, I remember no. I remember going into um, it, it, when I started in college and there was a room and it was where the the, is it the modem was. Yeah. And it was it was like it was massive room as big yeah. as my workshop, if not bigger. And it was full of this big metal thing. And at the time it was like scary. It was like, well, what is this? What yeah. is this that's working here? Yeah, it's yeah, incredible how life's moved on, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. So how do you think sewing has enhanced your life? Very often it's the thing that's kept me sane at the end of the day. You know, um, as I mentioned, Martin was, you know, he's in, was in the forces. He was away a lot, an awful lot. And, you know, I had three kids. Um, sometimes I was in a country where I, I didn't know anybody. I had no family. But for for the for me the sewing was the constant. It was it was always there for me. It was the one thing I knew I could do. And yeah, I just it just. I mean, they they say don't they that producing things, making things is really good for your your mindset and your well being. And it's true. I think it it really does help if you produce something, and you give it to somebody. That's that feeling when you you hand it over and they receive it, and mm. it it's a very special feeling. I think. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've um, for me, I think what sewing has um, has brought is travel as well. Mm. I mean, obviously, we're not travelling at the moment, but I would not have gone to the places that I have been had it not been for, um, I mean, sewing, quilting in particular. But um, yeah, I mean, I've been all over the world. Same with you, Emma. You've you've been a, an awful lot of places and. I would never have dreamed that I'd have gone to the Middle East, for example, but I went to Kuwait to, to judge a show there. So that was wow. phenomenal. Wow. So I, you know, managed to live with them, went to live with a um, Kuwaiti family for um, the time I was there. So I got to see a way of life I'd never see um, or, or thought I would see. Um, That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. But, but also as well, um, I don't think I ever would have thought I would have traveled on my own to the Middle East, but I did. So yeah, I meant being very, very anxious about doing it, but coming back feeling, my goodness, I've actually, you know, done something that I've pushed myself, um, yep. moved the boundaries somewhat. Yes. Um, yeah. So um, yeah, that I mean that's 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 life enhancing in itself, isn't it? And I wouldn't have done that had it not been for a needle and thread. <laughs> there you wow. are, yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, so yeah. you are a family of crafters because we know there are other members of your family that craft as well but 
what about the next generation? Do you think that they might take it on themselves eventually? <laughs> well, I, I, before now, I would have said no. Meg, I've got a daughter and two sons. Um, she's never really shown much interest in, in sewing, you know, apart from sort of maybe messing around on the sewing machine. But I have to say, since lockdown, um, she's made bags, she's she's made pouches, she's started knitting. Right. Um, and I mean, even she says herself, you know, she said, I find I find the knitting side a bit very calming. I find if I get anxious at all about anything, if I sit and knit for a while, she said it just it just calms me down. And yeah, she's, I mean, she's been amazing. She's really, really astounded me over this lockdown about uh, how much she's, she's taken it, taken it on board. That wouldn't happen with my daughter. (laughs) (laughs) It may come, Tracy. Yeah, I I did say to her, I said, oh, so when you've got your own family, I said, things will change. And so, um, so yesterday she said she'd gone to see a friend who was babysitting two seven-year-olds. And she says, mom, she says, they were foul. She said, I don't (laughs) want children. (laughs) Oh, I've got three boys as well. They, um, they've all, all of them have made something, you know, at some point in their life, a cushion. Hmm. And they all appreciate what uh, crafting is all about. They do definitely appreciate it. And I've got an armchair um, quilter and an armchair knitter for a husband. Oh, wow. (laughs) There you are. (laughs) He's doing it, but he definitely knows all about it. (laughs) And he can tell you who's who. Tells you how to do it. (laughs) And he's yeah, and he's an absolute fan of um, various different, um, uh, oh, Arnie and Carlos in particular, which are their, their podcast, <laughs> their uh, knitting podcasters, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no, no, I don't think they're at this point ready to pick up a pair of knitting needles or a, no. a sewing machine. But, <laughs> oh, you never know, next generation, even if it's down the boy's line. <laughs> yeah, my, my grandson's made a, um, a pillow with me, so he's done that. But, oh, lovely. He just wants to, to sew at the speed of light. So. Yeah, <laughs> they boys, do. They have your boys they? done any, Ali, or not? Sorry? Have your boys done any? Yes, so, yes. Um, out of necessity, Edward will mend things. Because <laughs> he gets fed up with waiting yeah he gets fed up with with waiting for me to do it uh, <laughs> it's like the cobbler's children yeah and uh yeah yeah and my younger son ollie he's he's quite creative he will um he'll give me the things that he wants to be mended but he will have a go at stab at making things so he yeah especially for friends he likes to make things for his friends and yeah. uh so that's that's nice you know sort of christmas Christmas time he'll say oh I you know what do I give this person or something it's usually girls that he's making for but you know <laughs> try to impress them obviously yeah. you know he's he, he yeah he's just proving you know he's just showing himself off in a very beautiful light <laughs> no no he's very competent and I I should take that back he he likes doing it and he finds that quite good for his his general well-being as well if he's feeling a little bit low you know, um, we'll we'll sit down together and he'll say, oh, I want to make a cushion or something. And I think it, it is, it's, it switches you off and it's good for him in that respect. Yeah. But as I say, yes, I've got um, my elder. He, he has to, he has, it does it out, men's, puts buttons on, <laughs> men's things <laughs> out of necessity. Because <laughs> I'll never get around Men, to it. Mending I, isn't sewing, you know that. No, I, <laughs> I'm with you on that. <laughs> And my husband gets so cross with the fact that his things get left right to the bottom of the pile. In fact, I um, 
I have somebody that does a few alterations for me now and again, and I have to give her our stuff to do because I never get around to it myself. And I, I understand that though. It's, it's, it, well, as you say, copperless children, isn't it, really? Yeah, it's, 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 it is. Yeah. 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 I, did, um, I did a repair to uh, uh, my husband's jacket. He has a, got a leather jacket he wanted to repair. He wanted the sleeves turning up and um, various buttons putting on. Yeah. Which, um he'd been on at me for a long long time to to repair but then again I've been on to him for, to repair a light socket uh-huh. or a, no, a, you know a plug socket rather in my studio for the last three years it's still on his list of things to do <laughs> but, um I decided that I would do the jacket but not tell him I'd done it to see how long it take him to realize it had been done so he's still to find it <laughs> <laughs> So what knitting or sewing plans do you have for this spring for yourself? Well, you just finished a project, haven't you? So I must say. I've just, yes, I've just finished a jumper that um, took me well over a year to finish. So I'm very relieved that that oh, was over oh. and done with. Um, and that, so at the moment, I'm knitting wise, I'm just doing, um, I'm just doing some hats and I'm going to do um, a couple of scarves, I think. Just little things that, you mm. know, easily achieved and, and yeah. finishes um and sewing wise well i got i got countless um projects on the go waiting to be finished or waiting to be started so there's never any shortage of of things to do so i don't think i'll get bored anytime soon. <laughs> what about you tracy um i have jules i was just trying to look for the name of it to make sure i got the right nest i think it's called the benning dress by um seam is it seems Seam work, seam star. I almost forget the name of the company. That collect the collect patterns company. Oh, oh we were talking about them. Yes. They, they've changed their names, have they? Is that this? Um, uh, is it, is it seam work or seam star or something like that? Yeah, I can't yeah. remember. I'm useless with names. It's one of my downfalls. I never remember anything. I know what I want to talk about, but I never remember. But anyway, I I have just had a pattern printed, a PDF pattern printed, which arrived yesterday. So I I'm feeling in the mood for making a spring dress. Lovely. Oh, nice. Very nice. The pattern's called the Benning Benning dress. Mm. It's called that. So, have you got your fabric already, or are you hunting for that? Um, well, yes, I've got some Liberty Liberty Lawn, which I've had oh. for the longest time, and I've been thinking. You know what it's like. You have fabric in, waiting for the perfect project to come along, aren't you? Yes. And I saw this this dress. It's uh, one of their newest patterns. Um, um, very plain, sort of, you know, bodice top, but then it had a frill at the bottom which I thought oh I've never worn a dress like that for a very long time I think I must have been 18 and 19 last time I wore a dress with a frill on the bottom <laughs> and I was thinking oh could I get away with it and I thought do you know what I honestly can't be bothered if, if I can or I can't I like it I'm going to do it it's nice those mm-hmm. those um frills those deep frills has it got like a deep frill on yeah. it yeah yeah very in, in vogue isn't it yeah that's, that's the one yes. yeah very yeah. in vogue to have a yeah. deep frill yeah that's yeah. that's yeah. nice so oh. we'll have a go at that, I think, and see how I get on. Excellent. Um, so have you, either of you, come across anything handy in the sewing room recently or any handy tips or anything that you'd like to share with us that you might have oh. come across? <laughs> I tell you what I have. Um, uh, you might have seen all, of, especially with quilters, a lot of them have been using these wool ironing pads. Oh, yes. 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 And um, I sort of, I've not gone down that route, but a friend gave me um, a, a piece of very, very thick felt, 
Yes. Um, which I have had on my ironing board whilst I've been pressing for seams and things like that. And I have to say, I think it does make a quite a difference. Interesting. So I might, I might consider invest. yeah. investing in one. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh. yeah it's funny you should say that because I was looking at it um, yesterday thinking, shall I get one or, or not? And it's kind of like, oh, do I, do I really need it? Hmm. Um, but then this morning, for example, my, my ironing table up in the, in the studio is, um, I made myself from a four foot by three foot piece of um, MDF, which I covered. And I do like the very hard surface. I like the fact you get a lovely flat finish with a hard surface. But so I was a little bit thinking, oh, do I need the felt on the top all day, Ty? But everyone's saying it works really well because of the steam aspect of it. But I don't tend to use a lot of steam when I'm making patchwork. I do if I'm sewing, but not when I'm yeah. patchwork. Wool is lovely, isn't it? It's, it's a great thing to work with as in construction, but it's also a really good thing as, yeah. a, as a sort of like a tool and aid because it's, um, it's natural. It allows you to, it holds holds the moisture and lets but doesn't stay wet it's um mm. it's a clever clever thing yeah, and we need to yeah. promote british wool as well apparently oh, they yes. us, so they we need know. to do it yeah. <laughs> are, they, are they made from british wool do we know or i don't know i i, I doubt it but uh, i don't know either but i'm sure you could buy a wool piece that is british wool and make it yourself yes yeah, yeah. good idea yeah, I have done some wet felting before. It, um, it's quite a tedious job, but uh... yeah, Caroline. Um, if we were if we were in visual, <laughs> you'd see her grimacing. She, she it makes her cringe. <laughs> wet felting, wool, wet, wet, wet wool. wool. Oh really? What yeah. the smell of it? Or I don't. I can't touch it. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, just, I think yeah, just I could. I'd done dry felting um, at quite happily and everything else, but wet is just, oh no. And I have to, if I come across it on a stand at a craft fair, I have to give it a really wide time. Is it the same with, um, have you tried uh, an embellishing machine? For felting no, it's the things. same with wet tights. You know, when you, not not opaque tights you know when yeah. you like you, I used to have yeah. my nanny do her washing on wash day there was always one day a week and she did her washing and she had one of those old spinning machines and then we had to beat it and she had me all these old wet stockings and, I, and, and that is it that that is it I cannot do it <laughs> Anyway, I'm going to ask you a really random question now. Mm. So you both like baking. So what's your favourite cake recipes? I can tell you what mine is straight away. Go on. <laughs> or you bake chocolate chip cookies. Oh. Mm. Yeah. The <laughs> ultimate cho chocolate chip cookie by the boy who bakes. Nice. Who bakes. Okay. So is he is he one of your favourite present or favourite uh, recipe producers? <laughs> um. I, I don't actually what's it I don't know his proper name to be honest but um, Ed, he's, it's Ed Kimber Ed Kimber that's right yes he won did he win the first British Bake Off or one one of the first ones yeah quite, quite early on I think wasn't yeah it? So yeah I do, I do like watching him I think um I think he he presents cake making well uh -huh. but I, um Mary Berry is probably my favorite I think I just love Mary Berry so 
Yeah. So any of her cake recipes work as well. I've never had a failure with any of hers. They are good, aren't they? Yeah. They and and she can make chocolate icing at least 10 different ways. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big, I'm a big Mary Berry fan. Um, she does a, a beautiful double orange cake. Mm. Um, which is one of one of our regular favorites and the other one that I do very very often is a um, a Mrs Post's lemon cake which is from Paul Hollywood's um, baking book oh. um, and some of his recipes are, are really really nice so sounds really nice Mrs yeah, Post but, um, Mrs. Post a nice bakewell tart you don't see much of her these days Lorraine Pascal do you no no, no. no. No, but um, yeah, she has a nice bake book. And of course, um, we've got uh, Nigella. Nigella. Oh, yes. yes. Nigella. Yes. She's one of your favourites, isn't she, Ali? She is. Yeah, I do like I do like Nigella. I think, well, you know, if I said I like her, I'd say, yeah, David quite likes Nigella. <laughs> <laughs> He's happy to watch Nigella. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> So, ladies, just finally, um, it's been lovely chatting to you, but I'd love to know if you had a day that could be spent doing exactly as you wanted and where you wanted, what would you do and where would it be? I think I would, I'd like to be able to get up and do some yoga and um, to, to, to come down into a clean, spotless kitchen to be able to sit and read perhaps do a bit of a bit of sewing soup for lunch yeah maybe watch an old film in the afternoon not have to cook tea <laughs> <laughs> and get to watch whatever I want on the television in the evening perfect yeah what about you Tracy have you got <laughs> aspirations to be further afield than home um yeah, I think for me, perfect. Well, my perfect days, I've had a few perfect days recently, I have to say. My, I, I'm in that stage in life where I don't have to worry about too many other people. So that's that's quite nice. And I do have a cooking fairy, but no cleaning fairy. So, which uh. is a bit of a pain, but still, there we go. Um, <laughs> but there's not that much to clean either because there's not that many children in the house anymore. There's only the one. So that makes a big difference. But um, the weather's getting warmer now and the sea is getting warmer. Uh-huh. So I shall be down um South Sea Seafront. Lovely. Um, do you wear a do you wear a wetsuit or are no, you a, no I didn't. Just straight in, are you? She's bockard. Wow. <laughs> I'm only I'm only a warm weather sea swimmer though. I only go sort of when the weather um so it's the end of April through to September for two to three times a week. Um and early, early as the sun's coming up, kind of thing. Lovely. So, Lovely. And that's that's absolutely glorious to do that. I really enjoy doing that. So then then home um well actually no we sit on the beach for quite a while we because my husband goes he doesn't swim but he he sits and takes photographs basically so, <laughs> so he has a morning sunrise normally on his instagram page every day um but yeah we'll have coffee and then we meet friends um so there's three or four of us there at least having a cup of coffee after we've come out the cold sea and sometimes i take bacon sandwiches if i'm feeling the mood early in the morning so um um so that could that can you know that go straight through till maybe 10 30 11 o'clock even before we we get home depends but then yeah chill um sort of bit of gardening I'm not a big gardener but I do like to do a bit every now and again when the mood takes me but yeah sit and knit in the garden 
So it's going to be a fine, lovely day when you have your perfect day. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like taking knitting on the beach as well. That's nice too. Thank you so much, Emma and Tracy. That has been such a great, great interview. We've had such a lot of giggles, such a lot of fun and can't wait to catch up with you again soon, certainly in life and uh, at the shows and rounded about. And we'll really look forward to that. So Caroline, our next guest is going to be... It's going to be Sean from Darnit and Knit. Now Darnit and Knit is very local to me. It's five minutes away in Oakham. It's a wonderful uh, wool emporium, but it's an emporium with a difference. She is a master at clothing alterations. Um, She has a lovely team of ladies that work alongside her. So we're asking her about that side of the business um, and how it works. So lots to look forward to in that episode. Oh, that sounds really good. And you said that there, uh, the Emporium is a lovely, colourful, wonderful place to go to. So it'd be nice it to is. get her. Excellent. Yeah. So we've got literally four more episodes of this first series. And although we're busy planning our second series, we are looking for guest speakers so or guest interviewees. So if you know of anybody or if you've enjoyed our podcast and think, oh, I'd like to share my experiences, then we'd be really happy to hear from you. If you have enjoyed our podcast and you'd like to hear more, then please do subscribe to soabfabpodcast.podbean.com. Um, follow the links. You can find us now on Apple and it's lovely to chat to you. Take care. In the meantime, happy sewing. Happy sewing. Happy sewing. Bye. Bye. Bye.